Jesus' favorite subject was teaching about the kingdom of God. Everywhere he went, he did miracles, and he taught about the kingdom of God. In fact, he said, when you see these miracles happening, the kingdom of God has come to earth. In today's podcast, I want to highlight what it looks like when the kingdom of God comes to earth. Welcome to the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast, brought to you by Restoring the Foundations International. Our desire is to equip you with biblical truth to empower you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. For more, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. Now, here's your podcast. Hi, I'm Lee Whitman, and today's scripture is Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You know, right now we are in a season where God is moving all over around the world. There are revival fires that are happening everywhere. Indonesia, Uganda, Honduras, the Philippines, even Iran, Thailand, Algeria. You can see it everywhere. And in the U.S., these revival fires are cropping up, mostly in our colleges. God is doing something very unique. You know, I saw a picture recently that during spring break in Panama City, Florida this year, 285 kids got baptized. Now, normally spring break in Florida is reserved for college students to go and have sex and get drunk. But God intervened and these kids got radically saved. And on the beach, there were probably 2,000 kids watching this baptism take place. You know, many of you have probably seen or, or heard the videos of the Asbury move of God. You know, it, it was so unique because it wasn't something that was drummed up. It's just the Holy Spirit decided to land on that college and radical things took place. So, When we talk about the kingdom of God, what are we talking about? Well, a kingdom is the king's domain. So to me, it's when the characteristics of the kingdom of God supersede the characteristics of this world. Again, Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now in this podcast, I want to talk about each of these things to help us see if there's any way that we can co-labor with heaven to bring the kingdom of God to earth. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a spectator on the sidelines of a move of God. I want to be deeply involved. So this verse says, the first sign of the kingdom coming to earth is righteousness. One of the characteristics of this move of God that you saw at Asbury and other colleges was that people were spontaneously standing and telling about the sin God was dealing with in their their lives. No one had to ask them for their testimony. They just one by one came to the mic and told their stories and publicly repented. Some of the stories were a shock to their classmates because their sin had been so well hidden. But they wanted righteousness more than their reputation. One of the signs that the kingdom of God is here is when people want righteousness more than they want to protect their reputation. You know, I've told my story about my 20-year addiction to pornography literally around the world. And everywhere I tell my story, people come up to me and thank me for my courage. But I tell my story to let people know that no matter how great our sin, 
God's grace is greater. So when you look at righteousness, there's really two kinds of righteousness. The first kind of righteousness is the righteousness quorum Dio. In other words, in the presence of God. It is often called the righteousness of identity because it restores man's identity as a child of God. John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. At the very moment that we receive Christ as Savior, we're changed into children of God. At that moment, we are in total right standing with Father God. We are righteous. Romans 6, verses 3 through 6, paints a picture of what happens to you the moment you enter into Christ at salvation. Verse 3 says that, Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? The word baptized used here is not necessarily referring to water baptism, but the literal meaning of the word is to join to or to be immersed into. So when you were baptized into Christ Jesus, you were joined to or immersed into Christ in his death so that when he died, you died with him. Then verse 6 says, Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. So you were joined to Christ in his death so that your old sinful nature would be done away with. It says that our old self was crucified with Christ. It's something that's already happened. You now have a brand new nature. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. You're not that same old person, just minus the sin that Christ paid for on the cross, as some would suggest. No, you are a completely new creation in Christ with a totally new identity. According to author David Needham, a Christian is not simply a person who gets forgiveness, who gets to go to heaven, who gets the Holy Spirit, who gets a new nature. No, mark this. A Christian is a person who has become someone he was not before. A Christian, in terms of his deepest identity, is a saint, a born-again child of God, a divine masterpiece, a child of light, a citizen of heaven. Becoming a Christian is not just getting something, no matter how wonderful that something may be, it is becoming someone. That's from David Needham's book called Birthright. So during this outpouring, young people are coming into an understanding of their, their identity in Christ for the very first time. You know, most of the people that we do RTF ministry with do not understand their identity in Christ because shame has so saturated this world that even Christians identify themselves by their shame. You see, shame puts a label on people according to their behavior. I'm bad because of what I've done. I'm a failure. I'm dirty. As Chester Kilster would say, I am uniquely and fatally flawed. Now, during RTF ministry, we break some of those identity statements and help them receive God's view of them. It is often shocking for people to really hear how Father God sees them. His view of us is so extravagant that it's hard for us to believe at times. Yet, what he says about you is more true than what shame has told you all your life. Now, the second kind of righteousness is righteousness coram mundo, which means righteousness in the eyes of the world. It has often been called the righteousness of character because it deals with a person's attitudes and behavior. The kingdom of God brings conviction of sin. 
There's a major difference, though, between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation says that you're bad because of your sin, and there's nothing you can do to get rid of that badness. No amount of repentance will ever get rid of condemnation. Conviction, on the other hand, says that what you did was sinful. Its focus is on behavior. Remember, the first kind of righteousness restores your identity as a dearly loved child of God. The second kind of righteousness is about your behavior, and your behavior does not change your identity. But our sinful behavior can be a hindrance in your relationship with God. Let me use the example. If, if I were to lie to Cindy, I never stop being her husband, but the lie puts a barrier between her and me until the lie is dealt with. Our sin does not cut us off from a relationship with Father God, but it does put a barrier, a hindrance between God and us. Galatians 5, 19 through 21 is a list of these behaviors that we have to deal with on the fleshly level. And it says, now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are sexual immorality, impurity, indecent behavior, idolatry, witchcraft, hostilities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, most of us are going to hear that list and go, wow, I haven't done any of those things, so I'm in the clear. You know, the thing that's hit me with this move of God at Asbury is the question, are there any things that I am doing, any compromises that I'm making that are getting in the way of my being used by God to co-labor with him to bring the kingdom of God to earth? They don't have to be these major things. They can be little compromises that cause us to, to live a little below what God has for us. You know, we have an opportunity right now. I believe there is an open heaven in many places around the world. I want in. I want to be a part of God's kingdom coming to earth. So if I have to take a hard look at myself, I'm willing to do that. How about you? And you don't have to be afraid of repentance. Remember, it says in Romans 2.4, it's the kindness of God that leads you to repentance. God uses his kindness to call us up higher. So the second characteristic of the kingdom of God coming to earth is peace. You know, I'm going to sound again like a walking advertisement for RTF ministry, but RTF is the best way to bring peace into your life by dealing with those things that are stealing your peace. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The world's peace is the absence of conflict. Now, I hope this isn't going to shock anyone, but that kind of peace is not going to be happening in this world anytime soon. But the kind of peace that God gives is supernatural. I heard one of the guys that had been interviewed um, at the Asbury Revival, he was one of the, I think there was 20,000 people who drove to Asbury from many miles away just to be in that 1,500-seat auditorium for a period of time. The reporter asked him, what did he experience? And he said it was a peace like I've never known before. It was the kind of peace that only God can give. And when the kingdom of God comes to earth, it ushers in peace. 
Remember, John 14, 27 says, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Those are two things that RTF ministry does really well. Ungodly belief causes our hearts to be troubled. When you're believing a lie, it overrides the truth found in the Bible. These lies say things like, oh, I know God's good, but he didn't protect my loved one from getting cancer and dying. Or he let me down before, you know, he might do it again. And I think there are many of us who are believing subtle little lies, lies about our health, lies about our children or grandchildren, lies about the condition of the world we live in and God's ability to do something about it. Now, some of our peace comes from dealing with these lies that we're believing. Other times, our lack of peace is coming from wounded places that won't go away. One man we ministered to, who was in his later 70s, struggled with a fear that people close to him were going to leave him. We asked God where that belief came from, and God took him to a memory of being three or four years old, and a social worker came and forcefully took him away from his drug-addicted mother. Now, Jesus came into the memory and showed the boy that he was with him the whole time, and in fact, Jesus was the one that placed the boy in a wonderful foster home with godly Christian parents. It was amazing, but the fear that had been plaguing him for nearly 70 years went away. It is gone, and he is now at peace. That's the kingdom of God coming into his life that brought peace. And the enemy is really skilled at using whatever we give him to cause struggle in our lives. And unhealed places are one of the things he uses best. It doesn't have to be a huge wound for him to use it to be like a marionette on a string. We can get slightly um, wounded by something at church. Not a big thing, but just slightly. And the enemy will use that little wound to cause all kinds of destruction in our lives. That's why keeping our hearts healed is vital so that little wounds from yesterday don't grow into bigger things. Cindy and I make this healing process part of our lifestyle to take every little fear, wound, anxiety, depression, whatever it is, to Jesus in the moment and get healing. You know, heart healing works on memories from years ago, but it also works incredibly well on things that pop up today. By keeping our hearts free in the moment, we're not letting our hearts be troubled. The third characteristic of the kingdom of God coming to earth is joy. If you saw any of the Asbury move of God on YouTube or any other place, or any of the other moves of God around the world right now, joy is the, the thing that you see the most. It's just an overflowing experience of the joy of God. You know, at Asbury, there were some fairly religious kids, and you saw them singing and jumping and dancing before the Lord. It's interesting, I have a friend um, that sends out these Facebook video teachings. The teachings are really good, but there's no joy in his delivery. Now I'm asking God to open the door for me to talk with him and share my observations. Uninvited advice is not a kingdom characteristic. When we do RTF ministry, we see people come in on Monday looking pretty downtrodden and leave on Friday with joy bubbling out of them. You know, you've probably seen the Chosen series on TV or uh, on uh, your phones. One of the reasons I like the Chosen series on the life of Jesus is because they show Jesus having fun. 
One of the reasons I use humor so often when speaking is that the kingdom of God is a fun and joyful place. So today, my purpose in bringing this podcast about the kingdom is to encourage you to ask God, is there anything that he wants to do in you so that you can be better positioned to partner with him to bring his kingdom to earth? Because right now, I really believe there's an open heaven, and I want to press in and say, God, use me, show me whatever I need to see so that I can co-labor with you and partner with you to bring your kingdom into the world that I live in. Father, I thank you that you're on the move right now. I thank you that these revival fires are happening all over the world and here in the United States. Lord, we see them as you touch, you're touching college kids. That's awesome. It's amazing. And Lord, I just ask that you would use this podcast to help each one of us to go into that place of asking and reflecting with you. Is there anything that I'm doing, any compromises that I'm making, any places that I'm holding you back from using me in a deeper and better way to bring your kingdom to earth? Lord, I bless them that your presence would touch them, that you would pervade um, and invade their lives right now and, and give them hope, strength, and courage to live the life that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast today. We pray you are blessed and equipped with biblical truth, empowering you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. To learn more about the ministry of Restoring the Foundations International, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.